All right, I'm not a Tar Heels fan. I'm not really much of a Tennessee fan right now either, but maybe, maybe one day they'll get it back together, as far as football goes at least. Uh, all right, but last week we started this series uh, talking about how old is creation? When, when did God create the earth? When did God create the universe? And we uh, talked about two people last week. Uh, the first guy that we talked about, his name was James Usher. Uh, James Usher was a bishop in, in Ireland, uh, in the Protestant church. Um, there in Ireland, he lived in the, in the late 1500s to mid-1600s. And, uh, and he was going to write a book. He was going to write a history book of the world, the history of the whole world from beginning till when he was alive, the 1600s. And so uh, he started in the Old Testament. He took the, uh, the date that uh, Judah and Jerusalem was conquered by the Babylonians, 586 B.C., and he started working backwards from that date and using the different kings. Certain kings reigned for so many years and the king before him reigned for so many years and before him so many years and using the genealogies of people being uh, certain ages when they had a certain kid and then when he was so many years old, he had a kid. And so he worked backwards from all that and he deduced that the beginning of creation was uh, 4004 BC, right? Um, and then he said that it had to be a Sunday and so he came up with the fall, uh, the autumn equinox, the first day of fall in 4004 BC, and then the, the next Sunday that was after that, and he said it was October 23rd, 4004 BC, when God began creating the world. Um, but then he went even further than that, if you can imagine, and said that it was uh, October 23rd, 4004 BC at 6 p.m. is when God said, let there be light, All right? That may be a little too specific for, for us, for most people, uh, but, there, but, but, but there's a, a group of people that believe the earth is, is pretty young, okay? And so starting with the, with the Bible, with that date and going backwards in history, he came to 4004 BC. Uh, today, there are, there's a group of people that think the earth is pretty young, and they t- tend to say uh, several thousand years old, right? Around 10,000 or so years old. So maybe, maybe, maybe 4004 is the right date. Um, maybe it's a little bit older than that, whatever, but, but a few thousand years old is, is how the earth is. There's an, there was another guy, uh, he was a Catholic guy. He lived around the same time. He was a little bit older, a little bit younger. He was born in 1638 and then died in 1686. Uh, so so he, their lives overlapped a little bit, but he was younger. Um, his name was Nicholas Stino. And Nicholas Stino was a Catholic bishop uh, and he developed what's known as uh, geological stratification, okay? And if you were here last week, we looked at some pictures of that and talked about that some. And what that means is when you look at a, at a rock, especially something like the Grand Canyon where you can see where the, you can see like the cliffs and so you can see the sides of the rock and you can see different layers in the, in the rocks, right? Um, and so he developed this idea that each of those layers uh, represented a certain number of years, sort of like a, a, a tree rings. If you cut a tree, you can see the rings and see how it, how it grew, starting smaller and grew out each year and got bigger and bigger and bigger. Well, he said the same thing with, these, with, with rocks. As you dig down doing archaeology and things, uh, you can find these, these layers of rock, and each layer that you go down is, an, is, is older. And as you, as you go further down, it gets older and older and older. And so he and then some people that followed him, they said, well, no, the, the earth creation is not not 10,000 years old, not 4,000 years old. Um, it's actually, the earth is um, about four and a half billion years old based on these uh, geological finds, about four and a half billion years old. And the universe, he said, is about 13.8 billion years old. 
So quite a bit of difference, right? 10,000 years versus four and a half billion years. Quite a bit of difference. And so we talked about some different things last week, and if you weren't here, you can go back and look at that on, online, read, uh, listen to that online. Um, but tonight we want to talk about people who think the earth is, is old, okay? And last week we talked about some reasons they think that. Uh, if you look at Genesis chapter 1, uh, the sun and the moon are not created until the fourth day. And so people that think the earth is old say, see, there were three whole days that there was no sun or moon. So how is that a day? Because the way we measure day is by the rising of the sun, setting of the sun, rising of the moon, setting of the moon. Uh, but, but there were at least three days uh, that there was no sun or moon. So how do we, how do we think about that? Um, they say that in the, in the, uh, in the Genesis record in, in chapter 1, verses 11, 12, 13, where, where uh, it talks about the vegetation growing, it says the vegetation sprouted. And so they say that doesn't sound like God just created a bush. It sounds like he created the seed and it began to, began to sprout and grow. And so it, th these things happened over time, um, not, not just right away, right? It seems like the garden, you know, if he, he created these things on the first five days and then he created Adam and Eve on the fourth day, well, it doesn't seem like the garden would have been able to support life on the sixth day. Right? How, how, if he's created these uh, you know, trees and plants and things like that, they're beginning to sprout and bring forth their, their fruit. Well, six days later, there's not going to be an apple ready to eat right? or, uh, or, or vegetables ready to, to eat or whatever. It takes time for those things to grow. So there's something here about the timing that they say that, that we need to look into a little bit more. Um, another thing they, they raise is where do the, the fossils that we find, where do the oil deposits that we find, where do they come from? There hasn't been enough time, if the earth is only a few thousand years old, well, there hasn't been enough time for, uh, for all these animals and, and different, um, different um, organic matter to break down and to uh, create all these oil deposits that we have, because that takes lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of years, more than 10,000 years. So if the earth is only 10,000 years old, then how do we have all these um, all this oil, all these fossils, and, and, and all this kind of stuff. So, so they say we need to look a little bit more closely to what the Bible says um, uh, about creation. Now, there, there's a couple views we're going to talk about starting out, and, and that's what we're going to talk about tonight is all the people that think the earth is old, why do they think that, and how do they think the Bible fits with the earth being old? And then next week we'll look at people that think the earth is young, a few thousand years old, and we'll say how do they think the Bible fits with what we see around us and, and that kind of thing. But tonight, uh, old earth views. And so there's a, there's a couple of views that we would say are kind of outside, uh, outside the parameters, outside the, outside the, uh, the boundaries of, of being a believer, okay? And so the first one, num number one is, uh, there, there is no God and uh, in the earth, the, the creation, the universe was created uh, by evolution, by Darwinian evolution, right? And so there is no God, just random processes of change, random processes of mutation over millions and millions of years have formed the universe and, and the earth that we see and, and all the life that we see around us. Okay? And there, there are people that, that think that. We would say that that's outside of, of, of what the Bible teaches. Okay? There's another view uh, that, that, that we would say I think is outside of, of, of what the Bible teaches, and that is that, that Genesis is just a creation myth. It's not meant to be taken seriously. It's not meant to, to tell us any kind of truth. It's just a, just a creation myth. And it was developed by the Israelites um, as, as a way to explain where the earth came from, as a way to explain the origins of, of, of them as a nation, as a people. Um, and, and we can think about it kind of like, uh, like Aesop's fables, 
that we have today, right? Just kind of stories, fictional stories, myths that, that, are, that are meant to tell the story and, and explain how things came to be the, the way that they are. But they're not supposed to, to convey any kind of truth, just to kind of give us a, a story to explain some things. Um, and, and I think we would say that that's outside the boundaries as well. But there are several views that, that are, I think, um, that are uh, within the bounds of reason that, that people who believe the Bible and, and, and trust in God, believe in God, can hold. And so I want to look at, I think, four of those um, tonight. And so the first one that we would say was, was within a uh, framework of, of a believer would be called theistic evolution. Theistic evolution. And so theistic, if you know that word, theos is the Greek word for God. So theistic means having to do with God. So this view um, says that evolution happened, evolution is true, but that God was somehow involved in that. Okay? And so, yeah, evolution happened. Uh, God used the mechanism of evolution, the mechanism of natural selection, and, uh, and all those kind of things to, to form the universe the way that he wanted it. Okay? And so evolution happened, but God kind of guided the process. And, 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 you know, different people within this view believe different things. Some think that God just got the process started and then stepped back and let the evolutionary process go the way that it did. Um, others think that God actually intervened in, in specific places, perhaps even uh, at, at one point in the evolutionary process, he intervened and created Adam and Eve out of nothing. And so Adam and Eve didn't evolve the way that, uh, the way that other parts of creation did, maybe that, that God directly created them. Um, Others think that, no, Adam and Eve really are the first humans, but they did develop through the regular evolutionary process. Now, God was in, involved in that, behind that. God set that in motion, but that's how God created. So these people would say that God created the earth, and the earth is several million years old, and the way that God created the earth was by using the process of evolution. Okay? Um, another view that's similar to that is called progressive creation, um, and, and progressive creation says that God creates all of, all of the universe, creates all of, all of creation, uh, but he does it progressively over time. So yeah, we have six days of creation, but that doesn't necessarily mean that God created the earth in six 24-hour days. Maybe he did day one early on, and then a million, two million, three million years later, he did day two, and then several million years after that, day three. Um, and, and, and so creation was progressive like that, Okay. Um, the, these, these next three are, are what we want to spend more time on, I think, because more people hold to these. Theistic, theistic evolution is a position that, that several people hold, um, but it's not really respected by, by many people other than the people that hold it. People that believe in evolution and don't believe in God, they don't like theistic evolution because they say that evolution is, there's no God involved at all. If you have a God involved, then it's not evolution. It's not it's, it's, not the, it's not using the process of natural selection. There's a God involved, so that's not evolutionary. And then others who think the earth is young would say, well, well no, that's not how, how it happened either. God created directly. So, so, so theistic evolution have people on both sides that, that don't like them and, and, and try to poke holes in their theory. But these, but these last three are, are pretty common uh, among people that think the earth is old, believers that think the earth is old, and so we want to focus a little bit more time on, on them. And so the first one is called the framework theory. Okay, the framework theory or the literary framework view or the framework hypothesis, but the, but the framework theory. And so these people say that the, uh, the creation story in Genesis 1, the creation story in Genesis 1 is not at all meant to give us information about how God created the world. It's not at all. That's not the purpose. That's, that, that's not why it was, it was written. It wasn't written to give us a, a scientific 
understanding at all. It was written uh, just to give us a, uh, a way of thinking about creation, a way of remembering creation, uh, telling us something about creation, telling us that God did it and, uh, and his purposes for doing it and reasons for doing it, but not at all giving us an explanation for how he did it. Okay? And I, I read this poem last week uh, to you all. It didn't get much of a response last week, so maybe y'all can give a little better response this week. Okay? Preface it with that before I read it. But this is a poem written by, by one of my professors in, in, in college. It's called Beginning, Etc. He says, in the beginning was the double negative, because there weren't nothing. But God brooded over the confusion and thought if there weren't something, there ought to at least be nothing. But there weren't. And God said, let's put a little light on the subject. And he did. And the light cleared things up. So everything that was cleared up, God called something. And everything that weren't, God called nothing. And when God settled on the difference between something and nothing, he called it good. But people call it science because they don't like values. And so he, he's saying the whole, the whole point of creation is, the, or the creation story in Genesis 1, is not to tell us anything at all about science is, or anything at all about the method about how God did it. It's just simply to, to tell us that God did it, number one, and that it was good that God did it and it was good, and it was very good at the end on, on day six. So it's not meant to give us a, 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 an explanation, a help us to think through how it happened or when it happened, just simply to tell us that God did it um, and, that it's, and that it's good, okay? And this framework view um, is, is symbolic. Like I said, it's not historical, it's not scientific, it's not, it's not a literal presentation of creation. It, it's kind of a, a device to help people kind of remember and think through that God did it, right? Some of you that have had music uh, classes, you may, uh, you may have remembered every good boy does fine, right? The notes on the lines in the, in the treble clef going up. Uh, you may have remembered face, the, the spaces on the music line uh, in, the, in, the, um, in the treble clef. You may remember in, in school, some of you may be closer to school than others, but you may remember in school uh, memorizing uh, PEMDAS, P-E-M-D-A-S, the order of operations in math parentheses, uh, exponents, multiplication, division, addition, subtraction. Um, and so we have, we have these like, a, like um, I forget what they're called, but we have these things where they, they make a word, right? The letters make a word, and then we use that to help us remember a, a concept, right? And, and they say, this is kind of how this is. And if you look at Genesis chapter one, look at, look, at the first, um, look at the first day. In the first day, God says, let there be light, and there was light. And God, God saw the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness, and he called the light day, and the darkness he called night, and there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Okay? Look over to the fourth day, which is uh, verse 14. God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens, and give light upon the earth, and it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, the lesser light to rule the night, and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and so separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good, and there was evening and there was morning on the fourth day. So the, on the first day, God created light. On the fourth day, God put the stars and in, in, in the sun and the moon and the stars. And so God created the thing on the first day, and then he filled it on the fourth day. Okay? Look at, look at the second day of creation, verse 6. 
God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters and let it separate the waters from the waters. And God made the expanse and separated the waters that were under the expanse from the waters that were above the expanse. And it was so. And he called the expanse heaven. And there was evening, there was morning the second day. So there's, there's the heavens are created. Now there's water in the heavens, the clouds, and there's water on earth uh, on day two. Look over to day five, verse 20. And God said, let the water swarm with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the heaven or, or above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves with which the water swarm according to their kinds and every weaned bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And so on day two, God created the heavens, uh, split, divided the heavens and in, in, in the earth on day five, God filled the heavens with birds and he filled the earth, the water on the earth with, with fish, right? The same thing happens with days three and six. Day three in verse 11, uh, God said, let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed and fruit trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind and on the earth and it was so. This earth, thus the earth brought forth uh, vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, trees bearing fruit, which is their seed, each according to its kind and God saw that it was good and there was evening, there was morning on the third day. Uh, and oh, I skipped the, uh, in verse nine is where he's, he divides the water and the earth to create dry, dry land for that to grow on. But then look at day six, uh, verse 24. God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creeping things, beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds and livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. That, that's day five. And then day six is when he made Adam and Eve, right? And so there's, there's this, this connection between um, on day one, God made lights. On day four, God made the sun, moon, stars. On day two, God separated the waters in the, in the sky from the waters on the earth. And then God filled, filled with birds and with fish. And then day three, God created the, the dry land and put vegetation on it. And then on day five, God filled it with... Um, or day, yeah, day five, God filled it with um, the, the birds and, and, and the, or the, the beasts on the ground and, and that kind of thing, right? And then day six, people that, that live there with them. And so there's this framework where on days one, two, and three, God's kind of creating the space, and then days four, five, and six, God's filling those spaces, right? And so they say, if you look at that, it, it, look, it looks poetic, it seems poetic, it doesn't seem like it's something literal. Those things really match up closely like that, one to, one to uh, four, uh, two to five, three to six. And so it, it seems like this is not something where God's telling us exactly how he did it or going into the science of, of how it happened or when it happened, but he's just telling us what he did and that it's good. It's given us this framework that we can think through and, and, and it helps us to remember um, what it is that God did and that God's the one that, that did it, okay? So that's, the, that's the, uh, the framework theory, Okay. There's another theory uh, that, that a lot of, lot of believers hold to, uh, and it's called the gap theory. The gap theory, okay? And the gap theory, uh, they, they think that, G that Genesis 1 is literal. They think that Genesis 1 is literal, that each of the 24 days are literal 24 days, just like, we, just like, uh, just like a young earth person would, would think. Um, but there's a gap that they see in Genesis chapter 1. So look at Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, 
and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Okay? And so people that, that hold to the gap theory, they think that there's a gap of time between verses 1 and verse 2. There's a gap of time between verse 1 and, and verse 2. And, and that gap of time is, is millions of years long, and that can explain for why the earth looks uh, older than a young earth person thinks. That's, they, they can explain where dinosaurs go. They can explain where all the, um, where all the, um, all the oil came from, where all the fossils come from. It all came in that gap. Right? I heard someone preaching about, about the gap theory one time, and he said it's like, a, it's like a, grap, a gap credit card. You can just charge everything to the gap. Anything that can't be explained, just put it in the gap. Put it on the gap. Right? He didn't believe in the gap theory, obviously. Um, but a lot of people do, and they think there's this, this large gap of time there between, uh, between verse 1 and verse 2. They say that this gap is during the time that Satan fell. Uh, Satan and the angels from, from heaven uh, fell during that gap of time as well. Um, this is why in, in verse 1 it says God created the heavens and the earth, but then in verse 2 the earth is, it looks like it's in chaos, right? It's formless and void, um, and, and, the, and the spirits are hovering over the face of the deep. But it's in this, this chaotic setting now in verse 2 that it wasn't in in verse 1. It's because of this large gap of time that included Satan and some of the angels falling, uh, falling from heaven. And that creates this, this time of... Uh, or this, this condition of chaos in, in, in verse 2. So let, let's look at a few verses that, that they use to, uh, to show that this is the case. So in verse 2, chapter 1, verse 2 that we just read, it says, the earth was without form and void. Okay? Does anybody have a Bible translation that says something different than that? What's that? Okay, empty. Does anybody have anything that says something different than was? The earth was Without form or void, does anything have, anyone have anything different than was? Nobody? Everybody says was? Okay, so your footnote says it can be became. People that, that think the gap theory is true, they say that the better way to translate that Hebrew verb, instead of translating it as was, is it should be translated as became. And so then it would say, uh, you know, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, the earth became uh, without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And how did the earth become that way? It became that way because that's when Satan and his angels from heaven fell, and there's this gap of time where it became formless and void. Okay? And, and one reason they think that is because they say if God is good, and if God is perfect, right, and God's powerful, he can do whatever he wants to do, then his creation would not have been formless and void. If God's good and powerful, um, and, and perfect, then the creation he made in verse 1 would have been good and perfect and, and, and great too. So why is it formless and void in verse 2? Well, there must have been something that happened between verse 1 and verse 2 that caused it to become that way, right? It wasn't that way before. It became that way, according to how they think that verb should be translated. And if God was, was good and perfect and, uh, and, and powerful, then how did it become that way? Or why would he create it that way? Right? And they say, so he didn't create it that way because he's good and perfect. So it must have become that way through something. And it became that way when, uh, when Satan fell from, from heaven. And they say here in Genesis 1-2, when the Holy Spirit's hovering over the face of the waters, that what the Spirit's doing there is renewing the creation. It's fixing the formless and voidness. And then in, in verse 3, we get God recreating the creation. Okay? Let's turn to one, one other place and see this. In Job chapter 38, 
Job chapter 38. This is, uh, we just got through preaching through Job not too long ago. This is toward the end of the, of the book. This is when God is speaking to Job. And he says, in, starting in verse 4, uh, God asked Job, he says, Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have, if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? On what were its bases sunk? Or who laid its cornerstone? And listen to verse 7. When the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy. So God tells Job that when, that when he was creating the earth, Job wasn't there, right? Who laid the foundations? God did, not Job. Who did all these things? God did, not Job. And God says that when he was there doing that, when he was creating the creation, the morning stars and the sons of God were shouting with praise, right? So they were already there. In Genesis 1-1, the angels were already there because they're shouting out in praise as God is creating the, the, the universe. So how, how could the angels have already been there? Because we don't read anywhere in Genesis chapter 1 about God creating angels, right? So they must have already been there. In Genesis chapter 3, Satan shows up, the serpent shows up. Where did the serpent come from? He's not created in any of those six days. So he must have already been created before those six days began. And so where do, where, where do they come from? Well, there's this gap in creation between verse 1 and verse 2, where in verse 1, God created uh, the heavens and the earth, and then in verse 2, he renewed it or recreated it or took, took what had, had been messed up and, and, and remade it into something good. Okay? So the gap here, there's this gap between verses 1 and verse 2 where, uh, where the creation was messed up and then God rebegan in verse 2. Um, the last uh, view that we're going to talk about tonight is called the day-age theory. Okay, the day-age theory. Um, so in Genesis 1, God creates the, the earth in six days, creates the creation in six days, right? Um, and then the seventh day, it says that he rested. Um, so the Hebrew word for day in those verses is, is the Hebrew word yom, Y-O-M, yom, okay? And the word yom in Hebrew can mean lots of different things. It can have different meanings. And so people that, that hold to the day-age view they say that when, when it says he created the earth and it was the first day, it doesn't mean it was the first 24-hour period. It means it was the first extended period of time. That's what the word yom can mean. The word yom can mean day, like a 24-hour day, or it can also mean a specific amount of time with a beginning and an end that's much longer than a 24-hour day. And so they say when, when God created in these six yoms, it wasn't six 24-hour days. It was six long extended periods of time. Okay. Um, and so they, they, they point to a few verses in the Bible that, that talk about this, and we're going we're to look at several of them. So look at Genesis chapter 4, or you can listen if you don't want to turn there. We're going to be turning to several places. Genesis chapter 4, verse 3 says this. In the course of time, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. In the course of time, Cain brought, an offering, uh, Cain brought to the Lord an offering of the fruit of the ground. Well, that word time, in the course of time, is the word yom. In the course of time, in the course of yom, in, in, in the course of this period of time, he brought, uh, he brought a offering to the Lord. And they say, see, there's the word yom. It doesn't mean a 24-hour day. It means during, during this time, during this time period, he brought this offering to the Lord. Okay? Look at 1 Kings uh, Actually, don't look at 1 Kings because I didn't write down the reference. Look at Genesis chapter 18. It says the same thing. 
in Genesis 18. Genesis 18, verse 11. Genesis 18, 11 says, Now Abraham and Sarah were old. They were advanced in years. That word years, advanced in years, is the word yom. They were advanced in, in yoms. And in the first Kings passage that we were going to look to, talks about one of the kings being advanced in years as well. And so this word yom can mean, can mean years in some places. Um, in Deuteronomy chapter 5, We read this, 529 says, um, Oh, that they had such a mind as this always, to fear me and to keep all my commandments, that it might go well with them and with their descendants forever. Well, he says, Oh, that it, they might have a mind, oh, that they might have such a mind as this always. The word always is yom. That Hebrew word yom can mean always, for a long time. May they, may they think like this for an extended amount of time. May they always think like this. That's, that's the word yom. Um, in Genesis chapter 40, that word is used as well. There's, we got two more places to look. Genesis chapter 40, verse 4, says, The captain of the guard appointed Joseph to be with them, and he attended them, and they continued for some time in his custody. And that phrase, some time, is the word yom. Right? It doesn't mean, a 20, doesn't mean they were in his custody for 24 hours. It means they were in his custody for a certain amount of time, for an extended amount of time, for, for some time. Okay? And then, and then the, the word yom can be used in other ways in, in the Bible. The day of atonement, the yom is used, used there. Um, the days of shouting, talk about the feast of the tabernacles, uh, the word yom is used there. But then look at, look at Genesis chapter 2. We're back to, kind of back to where we started. Um, and if you're not aware of this, Genesis chapter 1 ha is, a, is the creation account that we know of, right? But then in Genesis chapter 2, there's another creation account, okay? And, and some people look at that and they say, see, uh, you can't really trust the Bible because it says one thing in chapter 1, it says something different in chapter 2. Um, they say, see, it must have been different people writing it. Moses didn't really write Genesis. One person wrote chapter 1, someone different wrote chapter 2, and then there was an editor later, maybe a priest or something later that edited it all together into a book. Um, and so you can't really trust it because it's got these two different creation accounts in there. Um, but you don't have to think about it that way. I, I think what's really happening is chapter one, it's kind of like when you're watching a movie. Chapter one is this big wide shot of what all's happening. And then in chapter two, it kind of zooms in to specifically what he's doing with Adam and Eve, right? But look at chapter two, verse four. Chapter two, verse four. It says, these are the generations of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the, the earth and the heavens. These are the generations of the heavens and the, uh, and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Well, chapter 1 says that God made the earth and the heavens in six days. Right? Chapter 2 says in the day that the Lord made the earth and the heavens. And so people look at this and say, see, this, says, this is the same word yom. And if, in chapter 1, maybe it's used as a 24-hour day, but in chapter 2, it's used as a extended amount of time, at least a week, right? If yom is 24 hours in chapter 1, then it's at least a week in chapter 2. And so they say this word yom can be used in, in several different ways, um, and, 
And in Genesis 1, the way it's used is these extended periods of time. And so that's how we get the earth being millions of years old. Yeah, God created the world in six days, right? But they weren't literal 24-hour days. They were six time periods, six ages, six, um, six periods of time, right? And that's how we get several million years because each, each day was um, millions of years long, okay? So we got, we got six views or seven views uh, today, tonight, of, of people that think the earth is old. We talked about the... Um, Talked about the, the view of just evolution. There's no God, uh, but, but it just happened through random chances. We think that that's outside of what uh, believers, uh, what the Bible teaches and what believers can hold to. Uh, we talked about it being a creation myth, that this is just a way of people, the Israelites kind of putting together a myth to explain their creation. And, and we said that was kind of outside of the views of, uh, of the Bible and Christianity. But then we have uh, four, I think it was four views that are... Um, six views that are legitimate. One is theistic evolution, that it was that, that God did it, but he used the, the evolutionary process, overseeing it, causing it to do what he wanted it to do. We talked about creation, uh, progressive creationism, um, that different parts of creation were, were, uh, were done over time periods, um, or, or progressively over vast amounts of time. Um, we talked about the framework theory, how it's not really telling us about creation, about how or when, it's just giving us a literary device to remember it and to know that God did it and he did it for, uh, for our good. And then the gap theory, there's a gap of time between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2 where Satan and the angels fell um, and, and lots of things happened during that, during that time period before God uh, kind of recreated the world in, in verse two. And then the day-age theory that, yeah, God created the world in six yoms, six days, um, but they weren't 24-hour days the way we think of them. There were six uh, distinct periods of time um, that he was doing, doing different things over several millions of years, okay? Um, one thing to, to, to think about and to note is that um, some of these theories can go together, right? You can, you, can have, you can have multiple views. You can think that the earth, that creation account is a, is a framework view and also that the word yom means it's in a period of time, right? That God's giving us a framework to remember things by and that it was over several million years that, that, the, that the word yom was used as, as several, million, uh, several million years, periods of time, six periods of time that lasted for, for that length. So some of these views can kind of go together. They're not necessarily mutually exclusive to one another, okay? And then remember what we talked about last week, our conclusion last week, that, um, that God is the one that created Right? We've got to hold this together. God created it. Um, Adam and Eve were the first people that God created. They were real people, literal people, um, and that God created it out of nothing. Right? And so we can, we can think about it being young. We think about it being old. Here's some views of people that think it's old, but, but those things have to be, um, ha we have to hold on to. That even if we think it's old, and one of these is the way that God did it, God still did it. Right? And that Adam and Eve were the first people that God made, and they were real historical people um, that, that he made. All right, next week we're going to talk about the, the young earth views, people that think the earth is young and why, and then the next week we'll have a panel discussion with questions and answers, and so you'll have time to answer or ask all your questions or comments you have. But we do have about five minutes, it looks like, tonight. Are there any, any questions or thoughts tonight? Yep.
Yeah. Um, yeah, so you, just, you have to use context. You have to use context. Like one, like one thing that I think is a, is a strike against the day age view is that the word yom can be used as long periods of time like that, but when it's used with a number, like the first day, the second day, the third day, um, when it's used with a number like that in the Old Testament, it's, it's almost always a 24-hour period. It may be always. I hesitate to say always because I'm not sure that I've looked at every single example where that word's used with a number. But almost every time that word's used with a number like that, the first day, second day, third day, um, it's almost always a 24-hour period. But you just have to use context, you know. But, 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 but English works that way too. You know, we can say um, the days of the dinosaurs, and we're not talking about 24-hour periods. We're talking about um, the time span when the dinosaurs were living, you know, or, you know the days of Elvis or, or whatever it might be. And we're talking about like a time period, right? Yeah. So it's just context is how you try to figure it out. Yeah. And some of those examples that, that they that, that people that believe in the in the uh, day age theory give, um, like when it like when it says in, in Genesis that Abraham was advanced in years, but years are made up of days, right? So if you say he's advanced in years, you're also saying he's advanced in twenty four hour days, right? And so there there's some there's some um, examples like that where it's kind of questionable. Is it a 24-hour day? Is it is it an extended period of time? Either way, it's 24-hour days that make up years, you know? So. Any other questions? All right, well, if you have other questions or you think of other questions, then write them down and don't forget them because we'll have a whole whole hour on uh, whatever day that is, the 22nd, I think it is, where we'll have uh, just answering questions uh, and taking comments as much as you can give us. So, all right. Thank you all so much for being here tonight.